this is the Critical Condition Sports Podcast. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, I want to thank you for joining me on this beautiful day. Life's great, people. It's a great time to be a sports fan once again because just of the fact that, you know, we had the NBA playoffs happen this past weekend. Continuing on, we had a great matchup between LA and the Nuggets. Anthony Davis for that buzzer beater. Loved it. We had a magnificent Sunday night game between the Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks. And that came down to the wire. So, you know, it was, it, was, it was a great time. Unfortunately, though, I can't say the same thing for some NFL players. Jose Matos here joining you here you're as your host of the Critical Condition Sports Podcast. Real quick, just before we continue to get started, I have Corey Mack coming on in a few for this show. But uh, before I get into this, I just want to go ahead and just give you all my daily plug-in. Follow the Critical Condition Sports on Instagram at Critical Condition Sports and Twitter at Condition Talk. I'm also available on Facebook. And if you like to get extra sports content, you can go ahead and look at and subscribe on the Critical Condition Sports YouTube channel. That is on YouTube at Critical Condition Sports. For some of the latest con- content there, I have I usually do on Fridays, Joe's Power Picks. We are officially 7-1 for those picks for this week. So the only thing I missed was my upset of the week from last week. So you can get that on YouTube. Anyways, thanks for joining me today on today's show. Uh, you know, I'm just very excited because I actually have Corey Mack. Uh, he's actually the host for talking with Mac um, on Fridays on Instagram. And you can follow him at the real Corey Mack on Instagram and that'll be uh that'll be linked below so you know it's it was a great conversation with him and you know Corey's just phenomenal man uh I can't say I can't say enough good things about him uh I see his content all the time uh on Instagram man and he just has such a He's he's a guy that I've wanted to come on the on the show when I was thinking about getting a guest just because of the fact that I, I love his energy and this conversation you know was like our first like actual like conversation like voice to voice talk to talk and, and it, it was exactly what I expected man again just a phenomenal guy uh, you know you can truly see like the talent that he has especially like for radio and now for my favorite part of this show it's what I've been looking forward to this entire uh, day. It's uh, now time to bring on my guest. He is a radio personality. He is an avid New England Patriots fan. He has a show Friday nights on Instagram, Catching Up With Mac. You can catch that Fridays on Instagram at 7 p.m. Central Time. He is Corey Mac. Hey. <laughs> hey, how's it going, Corey? It's going good, man. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited to have you on today, man. Uh, you know, I know that uh, you're an avid Patriots fan. Uh, that's mm-hmm. how, you know, I came across. And uh, just very excited. So uh, just uh, for the people that may not know uh, what you do, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, what's going on, man? Uh, so, uh, Corey Mack, um, you're right. I'm a radio uh, personality, uh, an unemployed radio personality <laughs> at the moment. Uh, like so many of my other, you know, fellow personalities out there 2020 has been a really tough year for our industry um you know a couple of the major companies have had just huge layoffs and you know it's a lot of setbacks for you know a lot of us trying to you know create a career and you know something that can you know uh financially keep our families afloat so um but uh yeah man i I was the weekend guy over here on uh energy 94.1 been in radio for about four and a half years going on uh, five years this February. Um, 
And I love it, man. I love it. Uh, catch up with Mac. Uh, I've got episode 16 this uh, Friday night, 7 p.m. Uh, anyone that wants to watch, it's on my Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at the real Corey Mac. And um, I do it live, man. It, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, quarantine has been just devastating for everyone. COVID nineteen has just sucked. And um, you know, it's great to do something that I have started to notice over these last fifteen weeks. I've been doing the show. Uh, it seems like the people that tune in really have a good time and are able to kind of take their mind off of what's going on in life and just the hardships. And like I said, just just a lot of twenty twenty is just full of just some depressing stuff, man. And, and it's tough for all of us to kind of be in a happy, positive mood. So with my show, that's exactly what I want to do. It, to me, man, it's a party. It's a vibe. So for anyone that wants to tune in on a Friday night, if you uh, still are a little quarantined, you're not going out to the bars, clubs aren't open, um, you know, strip clubs are restricted. Uh, so um, <laughs> Now, no stripping on my show uh, unless y'all want me to take my unless y'all want me to take the shirt off. I could, you know, I'm working on the six pack. Um, but yeah, man, my, my show is really just about a vibe. I have a guest on every week, and um, it, it's it's just a fun vibe, man. It's just me catching up with friends that I haven't gotten to see for six months now. Yeah. So um, yeah, so uh, Friday night, 7 p.m. Got a really cool episode. I'll plug it right here. I haven't plugged the episode yet, but this week. Uh, I'm going to be bringing my wife onto the show and um, we're going to be doing an Oktoberfest special. Nice. Um, every year for us, Oktoberfest was a, a big thing. Not, we, we were hoping this year was going to be our year to go to Germany, uh, to Munich to do the real Oktoberfest. But of course, with how things turned out. Little um, Rona. Yeah. So uh, we're going to do a really cool episode. We're going to do some tastings of uh, a couple different types of Oktoberfest beer. I'm going to plug the beers that we got so people can follow along. We're going to cook a little bit of a uh, German food here at the house and pair it with the, with the beer and talk about Oktoberfest memories that we have and uh, just have a good time and try something different. So this Friday night, I feel free to tune in if you want. I'll, I'll shoot you that Absolutely. list. You can go to Total Wines, get you some beers and, uh, Absolutely. you know, you know, I'm actually off box. Friday, actually, believe it or not. It's a hey, rare thing right now. Yeah, so um, the, the most interesting thing I uh, liked about your show was, you know, first of all, it's on Instagram. So it's not like, you know, you're putting it up on like Anchor or like Apple Pod or Spotify. It's, mm -hmm. you know, 100% live and there's no, you know, working up to it. There's no like second take. It's all live. And yeah. I really like that. I don't see a lot of people use Instagram as much to like get out there when it comes to like actually like doing a show, but you, I, mm -hmm. from what I've seen and uh, the episodes I followed, I remember I saw the very first episode I saw was the one where you had fourth and goal apparel. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. good old Brian Walsh there. If he's yeah. Listening. That's my uh, guy right there. Yeah, man. He's awesome, man. He's got some, some great merch, some great Patriot merch there right there. So man, lo love the guy. He's awesome. And I remember seeing that and you know, the vibe and everything was so calm. It's so chill. <laughs> uh, it's incredible. I really enjoyed it. You know, I try to tune in every once in a while when I'm able to, you know, to be off work yeah, and of stuff. Course. And I mean, you, you do, you do a great job there, but, I uh, it. so now, so now, uh, going into what we, what, uh, we're going to talk about today. So we, you said it yourself as best as, as someone could 2020, not, not really been a lot of people's years been nah. rough. So I'm going to, I'm going to walk you through this. So it's March 17th, 2020. And this whole pandemic is pretty much going in and it's kind of hidden hard and you wake up one morning and this is exactly what how it happened to me. You wake up one morning 
and you get the alert. Tom Brady announces that he's leaving. What's going through your mind? Why well, I, I can break down that exact day to you. Um, so March 17th is uh, St. Patrick's Day. And um, I am actually a majority Irish. So um, St. Patrick's Day is a last name McDonald. That's where I get the Corey Mack from, if people are wondering. Uh, so that's already a big day for me to drink beer, chug Jaeger, Jameson, and just have a good time. That, my mindset waking up that day was, Today's going to be awesome. Uh, you were right. The pandemic was starting to kind of take off at that time. Um, me and the wife had actually canceled our St. Patrick's Day plans to go out and about. Uh, so we were just going to have a little bit of fun here at our apartment complex and um, maybe go to the pool, do some grilling. So I'm actually in the gym and I see the alert come up across the TV and I, I couldn't believe it, man. I'll, I'll tell you. Um, because working in radio, I was fortunately uh, lucky to work with ESPN San Antonio. Um, and uh, those guys are huge Cowboy and Texans fans and would yeah. just give me, man, ish all the time about, um, I don't know if we're allowed to, to cuss on here. Um, you're, you're, you're good, man. You can do whatever you want, man. I, well, I, 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 I won't be too excessive, but they love yeah, to give me shit. Yeah, you're good, <laughs> so, man. <laughs> I, didn't know the, I didn't know if we were or not. Um, no, you're good, man. Um. But they give me a lot of shit. And I remember, you know, the whole thing after last season, just a lot of talk around me, Brady's going to leave. And I was so uh, defiant of hearing that. And I was so set on no way someone in their 40s with an organization, their entire career, with their entire family situated in Boston, New England. Um, maybe I know till 45, but realistically I was planning for maybe another two seasons this season included and maybe yeah. uh, next year. That was my realistic plan. I said, there's no way, there's no way he leaves unless he's getting pushed out, unless they're making the move yeah. to actually trade him to, to replace him, which was never the case. When that news hit at the gym, man, it, it was devastating. It ruined my entire workout. Um, oh, yeah, my mood I was soured. I, uh, I automatically was thinking, man, I, I, I'm going to have to go upstairs and, and open up the Jameson bottle a little earlier than I thought I was going to. <laughs> and sure enough, man, at this time, what just really caps off this entire moment, uh, my, the apartment complex comes into the gym and tells me I have to leave the gym because they're shutting down all facilities because of COVID-19. Yeah. And so I was like, does that mean the pool as well? Because me and the wife were going to uh, be out there grilling and stuff. They're like, yeah, everything's shut down. And I was like, oh, my God, what is going on? I said, this is like the worst St. Patrick's Day ever. Like, oh, my God. So um, it was uh, it was hard. It was tough to swallow. Um, it still is. Uh, I've gotten a lot of flack from a lot of people that follow me and know that I'm such a huge Tom Brady fan, uh, which I am. I mean, uh, my family's from New England. Uh, my family lives in uh, Chicopee, Mass, and um, Springfield, and a couple other places spread out in Western Mass. So, um, you know, I've got family back there. Uh, I was born here in San Antonio. My mom joined the Air Force and got shipped all the ways from Mass down to San Antonio. Um, but, you know, I've been following Brady pretty much his entire NFL career. Um, and I've been a Patriots fan my entire life. And it's just, it was tough to swallow and it's still tough for me to swallow and kind of get over. I, I still, um, I still can't let it go. And I, and I, there's a lot of Pats fans out there that have moved on and accepted it. And I'm just, you know, it just is what it is. But, um, 
it just it, it, it just hits me a little harder um, because I wanted him to just retire with the organization and go out that way. Um, so I can understand that. I remember uh, so two things. Uh, one, I remember the very first uh, show I saw on, on IG, catching up with Mac uh, Friday nights on Instagram, 7 p.m. Central Time. I saw that, and it was with uh, Fourth and Goal and Peril. And mm-hmm. you, I remember seeing the background and said, man, this guy, it's, it's a New Eng- he's a New England Patriot fan. You know, like mm-hmm. he's an avid. Like I could tell this guy bleeds, you know, that you know, <laughs> red, white, and blue, and gray. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that was one thought. And then um, – it was a couple a couple weeks ago where I saw another episode, and I, don't, I forgot who the guest was, but I remember you saying that after that happened, you know, you saw all those uh, thank you, Tom posts, mm-hmm. and you didn't put one. If I'm, or correct me if I'm wrong. You said I did not put one. No, no, no. Right? Yep, still have not. <laughs> yeah, still have not go. put one. Um, yeah, and because uh, a lot of people, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, like, you know, I – the hell with Tom Brady or I'm happy for Tom Brady. I was more as, as in the, it is what it is kind of thing. No. You know, I, I'm not going to say I moved on. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's weird. It hit me hard last week when I saw him, you know, play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, never thought I'd see that. And it really just, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. Like you, I just couldn't believe it. And seeing, uh, you know, I, I did a thank you, Tom post, but why, why didn't you put one? Just curious. Um, like I said, it, it's, it's, it, it's a little bit of me, honestly, being, uh, I, I'm, I'm bitter. I'm, I'm, it, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. I was just talking to my wife before this, and I said, you know, it's been hard for me to put exactly my emotions and feelings uh, towards Tom Brady in, a, um, in kind of a realistic sense. And I think here's what it is for me. It's, it's how you just can see that Tom really did this and this is me personally thinking this he really did this to really throw a stab at Belichick that's truly what I think I think that there is a true feud right there between them and what I think gets to me the most is that he's doing all these theatrics you know in Tampa Bay now multiple commercials you never saw Tom Brady on a mainstream commercial no. ever he would do tag hewer uh, commercials but those aren't on CBS those aren't on those are ads you see on maybe Facebook or you see on YouTube his his under armor uh, ads just all these different things that he did before his um, uh, I think it was Aston Martin um, all of his different sponsorships was always so much more low key for him. And it's it almost like he wants to be so out there now to really show them, Oh, I'm going to do this. And I finally get to be having fun and all this. And I put it into this kind of situation where it's when someone's trying to get back at someone, but doesn't realize they're affecting everyone around them. And what do you mean by so that? It's when, so what I mean is, it's almost like Brady and Belichick kind of having like a pissing competition. That's what this whole season's going to be. Because look at Belichick now. Did the damn Subway commercial. He has (laughs) never done a Subway. He's never done a mainstream commercial ever. That is not his character. Never. He's talking talking unbelievable about Cam Newton, who he just met two and a half months ago. (laughs) He's never said any of these things about any player that's played for him until after they've played for him or a Hall of Fame type of speech or a Hall of Fame Patriots induction. Um, He's he's saying things we've never heard him say. 
He's doing it because he knows it's getting under Tom's skin that he's talking so great about his new quarterback when Tom, that's all he ever wanted, I think, in New England was just please just respect what I do. Just respect that I am the other piece. You know, I'm the yin to your yang. And it's kind of like now you've got Tom over in Tampa Bay. Don't even get me started about Gronk because my feelings towards Gronk are even harsher than Brady. I uh, yeah. I can definitely relate. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! I remember uh, seeing that. I was like, "There's no way Gronk's gonna come out of retirement." I mean, this mm-hmm. health and everything. And then the one thing that I realized, I guess, in the middle of all that was, you know, okay, well, Gronk wasn't tired of football. Mm-hmm. He was tired of the Patriot way. Exactly. Tired of Bill Belichick. Exactly. And uh, for me, like you know. Like, I was real thankful, I guess, with Tom, you know, just because of the fact that, you know, as a, as a Patriots fan, I've been a Patriots fan for about 20 years, uh, you know, 27 years old, you know, seven, uh, when I was seven years old, I saw my very first Patriots game. I wasn't really, hey. I didn't grow up uh, into uh, sports. I saw it on TV, not live. <laughs> I saw it on TV. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's all good. All I saw good. it on TV. I, I will say this. I was able to watch them uh, last year for that opener uh, live over there. At nice, Gillette nice. So that yes, was, yes, yes. I was experience. out there as well. Yeah, it was an amazing experience. And, uh, well, I saw my very first game, and they were playing the Browns. I remember that the Patriots – I, you know, was seven years old. I don't, I didn't really remember much about that. I just remember seeing that the Patriots won, and I said, well, that's my team. I, you know, a kid, <laughs> I stuck with it. I liked the logo. I was all about the colors, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, it's real patriotic to me. Uh, my dad was in the military. So, uh, you know, I was all about that, and, you know, it just carried on. And, you know, again, you know, nine Super Bowls later, you know, we won more than we lost. That's yeah. for sure. And I was uh, just real thankful for the ride that it was with Tom. But, you know, I still have a little bit of harsh feelings. I tell my yeah. friends, you know, I, you know, move on. What is what it is with that. And I try to be so, like, unbiased when, you know, when we do these shows that, man, like, when I saw Gronk, though, that to me was like a stab, a yeah. stab right in the back. What did you think of that? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, 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 it's, the, it's the same thing that I'm speaking about, Tom, that is Gronk, but even on an elevated level. Um, it, it's the theatrics. It's the doing the multiple commercials and doing the videos at Tampa Bay practice together and acting like you're just so excited to be out of New England when they don't realize they're trying to hurt Belichick, but in turn, they're hurting the fans, fans like me and you, personally to me, the most. That's who I think that they're really taking a, uh, taking a chunk out of because, man, I was in that stadium so many times yelling Brady. Uh, me and my wife started going to training camp back in 2013, and we did it where we were uh, – uh, I got to meet a lot of great people out there because we would show up at 4.30 in the morning to be one of those first people. Um, I wish I would have brought my football out here. God, I'd show you. I've got Malcolm Butler, McCordy's autograph, yeah. um, Stefan Gilmore, Blunches, everything from those training camps. It's like – I, I invest so much of my energy and time into supporting them and being there to cheer them along and through the hard times and ups and downs that for me as a fan, everything that they're doing in Tampa, it's not, it's not digging at Belichick. It's digging at fans like me. Exactly. And I think that that's what it gets to. And you're right. I mean, I'm unbiased as well. You know, I'm not sitting here spending my season talking bad about Brady or tweeting or, you know, yeah, he had a bad game last week. And and to tell you the truth, I'm not watching any of his games. So for anyone that's wondering, um, I just made that decision myself. Also, my red Brady jersey that I've worn for the past seven years, 
uh, in the snow in New England, in the, in the downpouring rain. I mean, I, I had to hang it up this year just because, like I said, I'm still not over it. And people could be like, oh, he's just an emotional fan. And maybe I am. Um, <laughs> and my emotions are hurt. Uh, Brady hurt him. What Gronk did was just really disrespectful. Um, like I said, with Brady, there was so much of not getting the respect that he felt that he deserved, not getting the money that he felt he deserved, um, not getting the attention that he felt he deserved. Uh, I can get that. But Gronk had it all, man. Gronk was allowed to be Gronk 24-7 in New England. Who else did Belichick let act like Gronk? You know, like who else got to live his kind of lifestyle? Wild lifestyle. I follow his brother, Chris Gronkowski, on on Facebook. And, yo, they're out in Miami partying at these clubs and on the beach and slamming brews. And who else could get away with that? I I think that what Gronk got away with is like murder in a Belichick-run, you know, team. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's funny that we, because we, we were talking before we started recording, but, uh, you know, so I'm from, like, I'm from the Rio Grande Valley, and, you know, people classify that, you know, whenever I say South Padre Island, people automatically know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, I, I heard Kronk was there, man, and uh, I heard a, a lot of crazy stories, man. I knew mm-hmm. a couple friends that uh, ran security for, for him uh, while he was over there at some of the hotels there. Uh, so he, he was allowed to be Gronk, so that, yeah, yeah, that so, was so I guess- something I didn't get. Yeah, so I guess for me, the whole thing, you know, we wanted Gronk back so bad last year because I think a lot of us as Patriot fans knew that maybe one bad season. Um, and last year wasn't a terrible season. Um, it was rough. It was a rough it was season. A rough one. Um, but a lot, I think, of true Patriot fans felt that it, if that season, how it went, possibly could be Brady's last year. And I think the one thing we wanted was Gronk to come back for that last ride. One last time, let's give it a go. When I heard the story about why Gronk retired when he took that hit in the Super Bowl uh, 53, and he had, I think, like a pint of blood that had to get drained out of his thigh. And he basically couldn't sleep for like six weeks, was getting like, 20 hours of sleep a week. You're supposed to get eight hours of sleep a day. He was getting like, because so much pain, I felt him for that. And I said, you know what, Gronk? Me as a fan, I would never want a player to have to put their life in jeopardy and put their family potentially in jeopardy um, because we need to see them on the field. Uh, Just like the chance that you've been hearing with what's going on with James White and his family right now, which rest in peace to his father. And um, I haven't seen any updates on his mother, but my prayers have been going up to him and his family and especially his mother, you know, since yesterday when I found out, but bigger than football. And I am so about that because I am a football player myself and I'm going into my thirties now I'm 32 and man, I'll tell you the back hurts. I've had shoulder surgery. It's like football. And I only played in high school and middle school. So it's like, I can't imagine. It's a grueling game. It is. And so when Gronk said that, I understood it was the fact that he acted like he could never play football again. Oh, but he sure looks like he can play football now. That's just, it's disgusting. That's what it is. It's disrespectful to every Pats fan that put on your jersey, that yelled Gronk out there, that got hyped up for a Gronk spike. Um, Like I said, just so you can throw stabs at Belichick, they just don't realize they're stabbing the fans at the same time. And I I didn't look at it that way. So that's a very interesting point that that you make. You know, it's 
hurting the fans. And it's, I mean, I, I agree with you 100% on that. I feel like it's going to be, it does feel like a, like a pissing contest to see who's going to get the last laugh. Obviously, you know, see what Belichick's doing and what Brady's mm-hmm. doing. So let's talk about expectations. So, um, you know, when, when I saw, you know, again, Brady leaving, you got, you lose free agents like, you know, Vinoy, Collins were important to the Patriot way. Then you yeah. see, you know, all these player opt-outs. The NFL draft, Belichick's not great at picking early positional players. He does great with the sixth and seventh rounds, like, you know, with Edelman and Brady. But typically it's not, you know, seen to be his strength. And what, what I was saying and what I believed, and I've, you know, I've said it on the show, is that I feel like, you know, dumb, uh, smart people just don't, don't become dumb all of a sudden. Like Belichick mm. creates the st- system and he knows what he's doing. So I told myself, okay, well, you know, all these players are opting out because I don't think they would have opted out if Brady was still there. Just, mm-hmm. And seeing the way all the cap space that was going into the, that they were going to receive next year and all these draft picks that they were getting. And I thought to myself, okay, well, to me, looking at the lineup next year, you have three, three A-plus college prospects. To me, it's really two A-plus prospects with like a solid B-plus. And I'm telling myself, okay, well, it's not necessarily tanking. It's called repositioning your team for the future. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, t- it's taking one step back to take two steps forward. And that's what I felt like this season was going to be. I don't really like to use the word tank because I don't think, you know, obviously people wouldn't come out and just say it. But mm-hmm. that's what my expectation was. I was telling myself, okay, well, you know, the Patriots, you know, five, six wins at the most. I wasn't a fan of the Canyon signing. And so, you know, those were my expectations. You know, I thought five to six win team, they're going to be really well coached, but their talent deficiency, in my opinion, wasn't going to be able to match other teams and they were going to lose close games. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what do you think when people tell you that, you know, this season's a wash five, six wins, you know, do you agree with the whole tank, maybe not a tank mentality, but a repositioning your team mentality to build for the future. What do you think when people say that? Yeah, I mean, I think that I was kind of on that same path as well. I thought that this season was going to be, like you said, repositioning. I like to call it restructuring. Exactly. Um, kind of kind of starting from, from you're right. Uh, we just lost the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, we didn't know what this team was going to look like. You're right. Kyle Van Noy departs. Jamie Collins departs. Um, a couple other key changes, the opt-outs in Hightower and Chung, uh, Marcus Cannon opts out. Uh, was that because Brady wasn't here, COVID-19 related? I would never be able to, I wouldn't know. I know Hightower had just, you know, Hightower's um, uh, girlfriend or, or fiance was pregnant or, or they might have already yeah. welcomed their newborn in. So, I mean, of course that plays into it, but before the Cam Newton signing, you know, when I saw we got Brian Hoyer back, <laughs> I, um, I right away thought to myself, not a tanking, but you're right. Just, I w- didn't have high expectations for the season. I was excited to see what Jared Stidham could maybe do. I know he got, we had to see a little flash of him in preseason last year. Uh, he's a young kid. Uh, why not see what he can do? Why not see what a season looks like under Jared Stidham? So um, I didn't have tanking in my mind. I had us going, uh, I had us, I believe, going maybe uh, nine and seven. Um, okay. I, was, I was sticking with a slightly above uh, 500 season. Um, so 
I didn't have us tanking. We still have a lot of key parts around us where Jared, Jared Stidham wouldn't have had to play such a big role. I still think he could have done a bunch of dumping off uh, with James White. Sony Michelle, I think, is great. And that, and like you were talking about Belichick with his draft picks, I think what happens with the Patriots and, and us fan, like our fan base, is that you watch people like the Browns and the Rams and the Cowboys take these hot, these, these big picks in the draft, and you think to yourself, this is our year for that because Brady's gone. This is yeah. our year to go to, to move up in the draft and get a top five to do whatever it takes. And you're right, Belichick stuck with the same game plan he always does. Um, so when I saw that, I said, you know what, Jared Stidham shouldn't have too hard of a time. I think Sony Michelle can really uh, – um, you know, run it down the line. Uh, I think um, also Damian Harris uh, couldn't have a, a, a breakout season, could still dump it off to James White and Rex Burkhead, Burkhead uh, coming off the swing. Um, you can dump it to Edelman in the slot. Um, you know, I was really nervous about our tight end position. Uh, I was just thinking that, you know, we came from having a season in 2010 when we get these two unbelievable uh, tight ends. I won't mention um, one of them, but uh, uh, Rob Gronkowski was the other one. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the other tight end. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, some, yeah. Some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't. Yeah. Whoa. Um, was not expecting that. So I think we were all kind of sitting here like, when's our next one? You know, and I thought that this season was going to be it. It wasn't. I like Ryan Izzo playing this past uh, last night. He had that nice catch. It's glad to see him back in the swing of things. Um, but I wasn't thinking tanking when I saw the Cam Newton signing. I didn't know what to make of it because I unfortunately wasn't following Cam how I followed him back in 2015, 2016, when I was making fantasy decisions with Cam Newton. You know, he went through a couple years of unfortunate injuries and his body really took a lot of shots being a run first quarterback, a pocket uh, passer second. So um, I didn't know what to think until I started seeing the videos, until I started seeing the workouts, until I saw the grind. Um, he has this grit to him. He has... Man, he's got this chip on his shoulder because he cannot believe that the Carolina Panthers would let go of an MVP quarterback just five years ago. They, I can't believe it. But, and I don't even like to say this, but one man's trash is another man's treasure. And the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick know how to go through the dump yard and the scrap yard. I, don't, I shouldn't be calling Cam Newton that because that is just, that's sick for me to say to a guy like him because he's a beast. But we know how to go through and find someone that has just been shitted on by another team and make them a star in New England. It's happened multiple times. And I think we're seeing that right now with Cam Newton. I would love to throw out some stats real quick, but my God, Cam Newton so far in two games, 552 yards passing, one passing touchdown. I want to see a little better of that. Last night we did see a little bit more throws from the pocket. We did. Some, one got away from him. He, pre he pushed it a little too much on that one. Uh, maybe shouldn't have thrown that one, but 122 yards rushing, four rushing touchdowns. I mean, 
Let me say it right now, man. Cam Newton right now could be on his way to another MVP season in New England. I'm loving what I'm seeing from the team. I'm happy. And let me tell everyone that's listening right now that's upset about last, last night's loss, do not be upset. For us to have the opportunity to win the game on the two-yard line, first and goal with three seconds left, for us to have that chance against a Seahawks team who is so strong on both sides of the ball at home, um, that, that was unbelievable. Like you said, so many fans thought this season was going to be a tanking. And last night, three seconds to go in the fourth quarter, we're looking at a 2-0 start. I, I was I, – I couldn't believe what I was watching. Um, unfortunately, Cam could have swung it out a little more left. He could have taken it to the pylon. Um, but, I mean, that's football, man. You got a chance. It doesn't happen. But I really love what the team is doing. I love Cam Newton connecting with Edelman, man. He had a career-high single game last night. 172 yards off of eight catches. That's unbelievable to think that he had a career-high single game with Cam Newton and did not have that with Tom Brady. What? Well, when it comes to Cam, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Cam. To me, I saw why the Carolina Panthers wanted to move on just because, you know, he was flashy and there, there's drama. And to me, that's just a real big turnoff when, you know, looking through the players at that point, I'm like, okay, well, he's had injuries, you know, he's all flash. I saw some, you know, immaturity signs you know, like, you know, about him, you know, in the Super Bowl, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and judge the guy. The guy just lost, you know, with the biggest game of his career. So I can understand being salty, but some of those, like, I guess, maturity decisions kind of, you know, turned me off a little bit. And I wasn't a fan of this. I was uh, telling like my friends, I was telling other people, like, as Patriot fans, like, I want us to lose, you know, honestly. Because, you know, of the two studs that are coming out, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. I don't know if you follow college, college football, but those two I, guys. I do a little bit. I do a little bit. Um, I haven't heard much on those two guys. Those two guys are studs, you know, A-plus prospects. Mm -hmm. uh, that's as close as to Elway and Marino that you're going to get. Wow. That's Andrew Luck. You know, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are two special players. So I wanted that. I'm like, okay, well, I want that. But when I saw the Cam thing, I'm like, oh, okay, well, eight and eight – you know, five, six, seven, eight wins. Oh, that's going to be far away from, you know, trying to get to like the number one and the number two pick in the draft. Uh, Cam with Belichick, you know, he can probably, you know, work something there to like keep him at 500. But I didn't want that. I wanted yeah. them. I honestly wanted them to tank. Honestly. But, you know, I, and I didn't think that Cam was going to be able to fit just because of the fact that, you know, he couldn't really succeed in a place where they were ta tailoring to him. And mm -hmm. giving them weapons and Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. And they were just drafting players to really help them around. Well, as we saw with, you know, in the New, New England Patriots, Bill doesn't cater to you. Yeah. It's the Patriot way or the highway. Mm -hmm. And just to see what he's been able to do. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I was wrong. I was very, very surprised. And you said it best. You know, you're down, you know, you're down by five. You need a touchdown. You got two, three seconds left to play. And I, you know, I did see some people, I guess were a little bit upset about the call, but I'm not, you know, you nah. get the ball, you put the ball in the hands of your best player. And that's something I've always believed in. Unfortunately, you know, they just, you know, football's a game in inches and, yep. you know, it just, it didn't go, you know, our way.
you know, as far as, you know, the game. But so you still think, though, that it's a nine win. So what are your expectations now after seeing last night's performance? I mean, I'd have to say my expectations, man, have have gone up. You know, I easily see us winning the AFC East once again. I mean, that's I, I really think that's that's a no brainer. Uh, I do see the Bills doing some things, but I, I, I Miami. The Jets are just, I mean, the Jets just still do not have it together. I love it um, because. Uh, whole soap you, opera up there. Yeah. So, um, you know, I really see us winning the AFC East. I, I really see us maybe going and getting a first round pie and going straight into January the with, a, with a solid team. Uh, I, I, I'm telling you, man. Um, well, I would say maybe, maybe number two. Uh, I still believe the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, will be the number one team in the AFC. I mean, I did see that, you know, uh, they had a little challenge with the Chargers. Yeah. But that's early season. This is week two. We're talking no preseason this year. You know, this is such a different year of football. You know, no OTAs. Um, no um, no scheduled practices in May and June. Um, no not a real Yeah, not a real training camp. Um, no joint practices. No preseason. This is the people are working things out. And I'm telling you to think that Cam Newton against a Russell Wilson led offense who, and, and of course I know that this is two different sides of the ball, but what I'm trying to say is Cam or Russell Wilson is expected to maybe be the MVP this season. He yes, is in the contention with Deshaun Watson, with, uh, um, Lamar, with uh, Pat. Lamar and Pat. I mean, those are your four picks for the MVP this year. Um, we had a couple tiny missed opportunities last night that could have put us clear ahead. Uh, Cam had a chance to punch it in uh, before the second quarter, I think. Um, where was it? Uh, or four minutes left in the second, his pass to Bird intercepted by Dunbar. Right after that, has a chance to punch it in, and unfortunately we have to go for a field goal. Um, another big part of losing last night was the Nick Folk uh, fucking missed field goal yeah. because it wouldn't have had to be in Cam's hands at the very end of that game. That would have been a, a that would have been a field goal right there on the two yard line with three seconds to go. Game winner. It's over. We would have won by one. That it would have been over in our kicking game. That is where I'm scared. I can yes, tell absolutely. you right now. That That's that is that New where England doesn't have issues with, and that is never. a huge concern. Never, man, from Vinatieri passing it off to Gostowski. Um, it, it's unbelievable to think that we didn't solve our kicking, uh, uh, our kicking problems and our struggles. I think that's where I'm nervous with, I don't know what's going on with Belichick. This morning he said, Nick Folk is our kicker. It doesn't make me feel good when I hear a couple of days that Belichick brings Nick Folk up from the practice squad to be this year, this, this week's kicker. Uh, I don't think our kicker should be brought up off the practice squad. I think our kicker should be the starter from week one to week 17. Well, they're actually, they're actually doing that so they can save some money on the cap. Oh, is that okay? Okay. Yeah. Is that what so, doing? so what, from what I heard is, uh, so if they cut him, so if he's on the active roster and they cut him, and I believe after like playing a game, I, his salary is guaranteed the rest of the year. So, you know, oh, good old okay. Bill and his little loopholes. Finding ways. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that, that makes sense. Like I said, that's just, that's nervous as a Pats fan when you're like, uh, Nick Folk brought it from the practice squad to kick this week. And I'm like, well, well, damn. Then, I mean, we ought as well just start looking at some other options if we're having to bring yeah. him up from there. 
Yeah, so, so I know it was a salary cap number thing. Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw Steven uh, Gostowski last week, though I think Bill was onto something there. <laughs> yeah, I, I do, man. I think that, you know, and Bill, they always say he's great at knowing when a player's kind of reached his end, especially with the expectations for the Patriots and his expectations personally. Um, but as far as a solid season, man, Cam is settling in. I saw this statistic, I think, last week that Cam was the last free agent quarterback picked up this year, uh, which means – Yes, big name. Yes. Right? Yes. So that means that he joined the team, what, last – He joined them, I believe, in July. I believe he joined them in July. Um, he picked them up. So when that happened, I'm telling you, I was oh. – and- so when I saw it was a uh, July, you know, when this whole camp thing uh, was happening. So he's had a, I want to say about two months, maybe, maybe even less than that when he joined the team. And again, I wasn't a fan of this. So again, me playing devil's advocate here, Corey, you know, they had, you know, Bill, Bill Belichick had about four months to be able to game plan for this mm-hmm. or Corey Seattle is not really known for their defense as of late. I know they have studs like Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams, but other than that, you know, like the D-line can be re- seen rather, you know, weak, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not trying to take a, sh- take a shot at that. I mean, it's Seattle's the Russell Wilson show. You know, yeah. it's one of the reasons why I feel like, you know, he is going to be the MVP this year. But, okay, so they're playing against these defenses. And to me, they're not great defenses there. So my concern is what's going to happen when they're playing Kansas City, Baltimore? What, what's going to yeah. happen when they're playing those studs there? And – for me, you know, what I've tried to tell people is that, you know, why do you want Cam? It's, it, to me, it's, they're not going to sign him again. I don't think he's going to get extended. I feel like he's going to gain some steam. If he's playing like the way he's playing, I mean, I mean he did play great. He's yeah. going to gain some steam, and he's going to get a bigger contract offer. And I've seen players in New England do, do this. They revive their career. They go sign a big contract. And, mm-hmm. you know, the one, the one person I can think of was Darrell Rivas. Mm-hmm. You know? Washed people call them washed up, you know, they cut him, let him go. The Patriot way came in, was able to help him, and he was an important part in winning that Super Bowl that, yeah, that we won. And then he went to go sign a contract with uh the Jets again, and you know, boof. yeah, you know, and that's my concern that you know, we're getting too excited for a guy that is more than likely gonna leave us again. I don't know that, it's just my my opinion, my get my my estimate on, on the situation that you know, if I'm if I'm talking to other Pats fans, what do you want? Do you want a year where you're 12 and four with Cam? And then, and then after that, you go to the playoffs, you know, you're maybe one and done, or you, you know, move on to the divisional round. Or do you want to sacrifice a season and get the quarterback of the future, the following season, and be set for the next 10 to 15 years? What do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I mean, it's a really tough, you know, it's a tough position to be in. I, I didn't think so much about like Cam maybe leaving after the season. And, and you're, it, that's very possible. I can see that that playing out the way that you just um, specified it. Uh, you know, as far as the season's going right now, anyone that's ever played football, anyone that's ever played sports knows sports is a big part. It, momentum is a big part of sports. And when you're having close games like last night against a Seattle team that is one of the top teams in the NFC, um, definitely a Super Bowl contending team. Like you said, a couple, uh, a couple kinks on the defense, but those things get worked out over time. And like I said, they didn't have these preseason games to kind of take a look at these kinks. It's going to be in these next 
it's going to be these first four weeks that you're really yeah. going to get to see what your team is going to look like from there on out. But I think after a close game like that last night with Cam Newton, get, with, with Belichick putting the ball in Cam's hands like he did, instead of just ha- handing it off to a power back like Sony Michelle um, or Rex Burkhead, he trusted. With, he trusted Cam. And for me personally, Cam looks like someone, like I said, that has started to maybe learn from his past mistakes, that is realizing he might have been an asshole. Uh, the theatrics might have played uh, a really big part in, the, uh, um, in his uh, departure from uh, Carolina. Departure from Carolina and just uh, reflect on his game. Um, I think that he's someone looking for redemption. And I think that what he's looking, I think that's what he's looking for in New England. I really think if Cam has a solid season this year and he can be offered a little bit more money next season, but to stay with the same team and maybe build something. And like I said, you got to think what it's like if he takes us to the playoffs this year and gets to say, I'm the, I'm the next guy after Tom Brady, and I still led this team to the playoffs. See, that's the big thing for me. Yeah. I mean, is Super Bowl possible this year? I would love that. Is AFC Championship possible? Man, I would love that. But just to make it into January, that is a big statement because let me tell you, everybody said no matter what quarterback we got, there's so many people that said Tom Brady leaves and the Patriots are done. The dynasty right. is done. And we go into January. We play a game in January. The dynasty's still here. We're still on right here at the shirt says pursuit of championships. We're still on that path. And I think if Cam gets a little taste of that flavor, if he gets to taste that, and if fans – see, and here's another thing that sucks too is, you know, with COVID, Cam doesn't get to see what it's going to be like last week in Gillette or this week against the Raiders – or this upcoming game against the Raiders yeah. at home with true Patriots fans yelling for you and yelling Cam. And he's throwing up the Wakanda and pulling it. And the fans Superman. are going wild. The love, man. When you feel the love, when you play sports and you feel it and you feel the fans right there bleeding, they're screaming their hearts out for you. That's a great feeling. And one thing anyone will ever tell you about the New England Patriots and their fans is that they've got some of the best. And every team says this. But I've been up there. I've been in the trenches. I sit right next to the lighthouse in the 300s. Yeah. And I will tell you right now, man, we've got some, if not the best fans in the league, hands down. And if Cam can feel that in a November game when it's getting cold, woo, if he feels that love, I think Cam might want to stick around, man. I think Cam might want to stick around. And, of course, if he leaves, you know, it's not going to be such a heartbreak. Look, man, I'm not attached to Cam either. Yeah. Uh, I know Brian dropped the – you know, I'm big on when I buy gear from Brian. I'm very yeah. big on um, getting gear that I really want. Uh, I'm always looking yeah. at his, his Edelman collections because Edelman's my favorite wide receiver of all time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, of course, his Brady collections before, but I know he dropped the cam shirt. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just like you, man. I'm not sold yet. I, I'm not going to buy a piece of Cam Newton just for him to be here for one season. And then I never, ever wear it again or look <laughs> yeah, at it again. That's exactly I don't know what, what I that, felt like. Yeah, I, know, I don't I know, know what the hell to do, you know? I told Brian, hey, man, I'm not buying this time. I got to tell you the truth. Um, but if Cam is one and done, it can't hurt worse than Brady. 
Oh, hey, my guy. I mean, All right. nothing's going to hurt I, worse I, than Brady. So, so nothing's going to sting more. No player leaving now except Edelman. I can tell you right now, if Edelman made that decision, and let me go back to the Brady thing real quick, and I want to make this clear for people. If Brady was being pushed out of New England, if they were saying, Brady, you're done, we're trading you, I would not be upset at Brady this year. You want to know why? Because it's why not in his control. Because that's not your decision when the head coach and the owner of the team say, Brady, we're moving on from you. Okay. We're going for something younger this season. I would not be upset at Brady because that's not your just God, that's out of your control. It's when you, the player, choose to leave for the money. And I'll give you a great example. Here in San Antonio, I, you weren't here for it yet. Kawhi Leonard. Oh, my goodness, Kawhi. Sat on the fucking bench the entire year and fucked us. And I hate to use this, uh, this uh, <laughs> language right now. But let me tell you, man, that was shitty because we made it to the playoffs that year. Yep. We made it to the playoffs, and we had multiple opportunities to advance to in those playoffs and to the win the series if Kawhi was playing. But he did this whole sit-out thing. And let me tell you, man, San Antonio is not an impressive market. Lived here my entire life. There's nothing about this city that is flashy that's going to entice big-name talents to want to sit down here in San Antonio and make a living. You know what I mean? Unless you just want to play for Popovich and play for the legacy and the dynasty. Other than that, if you're here for the parties and the clubs and the, the it's not here. The cachet and all that stuff and all those brands. You're still going to be going to LA. You're still going to be going to New York. You're still going to fly to Miami. You're still going to have your houses over there. I get it. I get it. But what Kawhi did was dirty. See, that's dirty. And that's why Kawhi is not respected here in San Antonio anymore. And that's why so many San Antonio fans loved watching him lose. And I know you want to talk NBA, but that's why it was so exciting for us. So that's how it feels. That's a great way I should have put it earlier for Brady. That's how I feel about Brady. They, he chose to leave. He didn't get pushed out. He made the decision to want the more money and stuff. Wouldn't it be great for the NFL as far as ratings if the Bucks were to play the Patriots in the Super Bowl? That would be. That I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't that be great? I, know, I mean, you, I don't man. think that would happen. But I, I mean, mean, wow. The, the the Patriots go and that would just be impressive. But but back to my whole Cam Newton thing. He leaves after the season. I won't be hurt by it, man. I'm here to be behind him 100. percent He needs the fans behind him. He's got to feel the love. And the only place for us to give him the love right now is on platforms like this. So Cam. I'm here for you, brother. You got my full support this season. Let's do it. I've been telling everyone, Cam backwards is Mac. So that's already my guy. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's already my guy right now. Um, but I don't know what next season will look like. It all determines. It's, it's all riding on this season. And right now, I'm telling you, Jose, this season is, man, this is looking great. I had Seattle as a definite loss. Um, on my calendar now. I was trying to still inspire hope on my Insta stories. I and I was that. like, oh, big upset stuff. But on my true calendar where I write down wins and losses, yeah. I had Seattle as a true loss, probably losing by two touchdowns. We had the game-winning touchdown right there. Oh, I mean, that's and what you watch football for is last absolutely. night. And uh, real quick, I, I did want to get your opinion, though, on, on, this, um, on, on this topic. So we talk about Brady not getting pushed out and uh, the way, you know, not getting traded and all those things. So what'd you make of that story? Just, just because 
I love I love what you're saying, and I, so I want to get your opinion. What do you think of the story of you know Belichick trying to trade Brady to the 49ers instead of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? What did you that make with, of that? with the Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah. Um. So I had this conversation with Brian on my Catch Up with Max show. Um, I asked him what he would have rather wanted. Would have he rather wanted the way things played out right now, um, which he did agree with. So which means Brady, of course, could have possibly been traded after the Super Bowl Fifty One. So we possibly wouldn't have had Super Bowl 52 and Super Bowl 53, okay? But we would have had Jimmy Garoppolo, who looks, who looks great. And unfortunately, he had a little bit of a, an injury scare yeah. yesterday. Um, he's had already a major injury. I, I don't know what that speaks, but Jimmy Garoppolo was a stud coming out of Eastern Illinois. That's where Tony Romo uh, yeah. played quarterback. He demolished all of Romo's. And, and just so you know, real quick, uh, I hate the Cowboys and I'm a big Cowboy hater, just so everyone knows on this platform right go. here. <laughs> I um, I, I, just so everyone knows. And I hated Romo. And the biggest reason I hated Romo was because he couldn't get the job done. And I didn't get how he still had a job because when you don't get the job done, when you're at work, usually they replace you after a while. And I didn't get how he still had a job. People were like, well, he's got the numbers. He's got the numbers. I don't care about the numbers. I care about the W. I, I don't care Fair. about the uh, acc accolades. That doesn't mean shit to me. That means something for your Hall of Fame, uh, uh, for your Hall of Fame um, uh, ballot. But that doesn't do shit for our legacy and our team and the fans. No one walks around and says, oh, yeah, Cowboys haven't won in 25 years. But you see Romo's stats, though, right? Y'all know we got – you see Romo's stats. That I mean, mean, that's shit. why you play the game for a, for a ship. You, you want a championship. play for the ship. Exactly. And so um, I really liked Jimmy Garoppolo because – that was one of the sole facts because he demolished all of Romo's uh, records at Eastern Illinois. So I was like, oh, man. Uh, also, that man, Jimmy G's a – yo, hey, no homo. Jimmy G's a good-looking dude. He's a good-looking <laughs> dude, man. He's young. He's fly. Man, he was out there hooking up with porn stars. Man, that's the kind of flavor I'm talking about bringing to New England. Let's go. New era. Let's do it. So after Super Bowl 51, uh, a lot of speculation, were we going to move on from Brady? And we didn't move on. I pitched this question to, to fourth and goal. Would you rather have it the way it is now, or would you have you rather had it trying out the Jimmy Garoppolo era? And so I got to tell you from my, stand, my stance, if we were going to move on at any time, I would have much rather it been then than it been now because we already saw so much potential in Jimmy G and kind of already knew what we were going to have because he got to start those first, uh, four, well, three, or he did the first two, then gets injured on the yeah. third one. Brissette comes in, Brissette finishes it off for the fourth one. But we got you know, to see that Jimmy. I was going to say, I'm sorry. Like, he actually didn't finish the second game. He got, he got hurt in that first half. Was that the one when he hurt his, was it his finger or his thumb or? He hurt his shoulder. Or his shoulder. Okay, okay, got it. Yeah, it was the first time. I remember uh, we were, I mean, I, I chalked it up to a loss against the Cardinals that they were able to win. And then against Miami, he ripped it, man. Three touchdowns yeah, in the no. first half. Then well, I that's mean, when he went down. Yeah, let me tell you, man. I was loving what I was seeing. And, yeah. I, and I, I just, everyone knew Brady's error was going to come to an end eventually. Age catches up with you no matter how hard you work. You're just that's not going to be as fast as a 21-year-old kid at, that you are at 45. You know, it's just... We all knew that, that this was going to end. And I think for me, it was a little reassuring that I was already maybe seeing the next, the next block of 
the next decade of Patriots football, right? Yeah. Maybe even the next 15 years. Like I said, Garoppolo goes to San Francisco. He gets injured. I guess we once again somehow dodged, you know, a, 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 a crisis. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I do think that Belichick wanted to move on. Like I said, we talked earlier about Belichick did this before. I, I want to make sure I'm right with the name, but um, – um, Trying to think about the the, the big time defensive player back in the early two thousands that couldn't believe um, early two uh, thousands yeah early two thousands um, Laurie Malloy uh, Malloy yeah, there you go Malloy. there you go could could not believe that he was being traded it just just could not they, they believe cut the guy. it they, or they, cut him yeah they cut him and uh, he went to Buffalo and then he torched them that 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 week but it, it was crazy. exactly yeah and so um, the Pats have been known to do this they've done it to so many players Wes Welker. Uh, an, another one who definitely was a big key to a lot of our success from, you know, 2005 or six when he got with us yeah. up until 2011, uh, had that terrible drop in the Super Bowl that, uh, that, 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 that could have silenced it. That could have silenced the game. That first down right there could have really done it. We could be looking at seven. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a rough one. And then to Eli. Uh. Yeah. Uh, that was tough. But, um, you know, to answer your question, uh, if it would have played out that way, like I said, it would have been tough on me. But once again, it would have been out of Brady's hands. So for me, there's nothing Brady could have done about it. Your agent can't do anything when the head coach has made up his mind to get rid of you. But Brady, of course, having such a great relationship with Robert Kraft and his family, um, was able to, to work out something out. Yeah, was able to work something out behind Bill's back. And um, like I said, of course, that's where a lot of the tension, I think, these last years in Brady's career has really boiled up from is from that move right there. Um, I truly believe, yeah, Bill wanted to send him to San Francisco. And I know that Bill has such a great relationship with um, San Francisco and the head, head coach. Yeah, so, um, yeah, well, I could have like seen it happening. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so I, I could have seen it happening. And I think that um, it would have been tough to swallow at that time. But I was I was just excited. This year was so scary because we didn't know much about Jared Stidham. We see that we re-signed Brian Hoyer. And so many of us are thinking, is, is that who starts week one against Miami? <laughs> Brian yeah. Hoyer? Um that would have been funny, too, with it being Ryan Fitzpatrick starting for Miami and then Brian Hoyer starting for the Pats. Just these two old throwaways quarterbacks. every single – Yeah, man, that just cannot stay for more than a year and a half on a team. Um, so. So there you go. So uh, let me segue to this. So NBA playoffs, uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up with, with them, but well, Kawhi, got, Kawhi got outed and uh, – you know, I was wrong. I thought the Clippers were going to be a lock for the finals. I mm -hmm. feel like, uh, you know, they – everyone's to blame, man. You're down You're down 3-1. I mean, you're up 3-1 in a series, and then you come back to lose it. Everyone's to blame. So, I'm sure uh, you enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to talk about LeBron James. You know, did you know that LeBron got snubbed uh, out of the MVP? Yeah, man. Uh, 16 votes? Yeah. That, that was a rough. And uh, – I know that, you know, the NBA actually uh, voted on that through the games up until March and not the actual bubble. To me, it's still ridiculous. You know, I wasn't a fan of Giannis. I think he's a solid number two. Uh, he plays for the Bucks, And, you know, the Bucks obviously have under underwhelmed and underachieved. 
in my opinion. I feel like, you know, it's pretty easy to be able to beat a team like that. But when it comes to LeBron James, man, you can be down 20 and that guy can bring you back. The game's not over until it's over when it comes to that guy. You know, there's some Brady similarities there when it comes yeah. to that guy's vibe, man. You can never count him out. Three, down 3-1 three, against Golden State was able to deliver a championship to the city yeah. of Cleveland. And, you know, you see that guy, and I think he's the best basketball player in the world right now. You know, the Jordan mm-hmm. conversations and debates can be had another day. Yep. But do you feel like LeBron got robbed out of the MVP uh, this season? No doubt. Um, no doubt. Le- LeBron James is undeniably the, uh, uh, like you said, if not one of the greatest basketball players of all time, he's the greatest basketball player in the league uh, right now. It- it's just, it's, uh, you know, it goes back to the, it goes back once again to the age thing. I-, I feel like you have so many people like the Max Kellermans out there that spew this, you hit a certain age and just, Life is over for you. And, you know, I take offense to that because I'm 32 years old and I feel like I'm just as good as any of these young kids out here, 21, 22. Man, I could still hold my own around any of them. And I think that's what LeBron James is doing. He's playing in such a young league right now that that's the reason that I feel like they're taking away uh, so much. They're taking away so much of what LeBron is actually doing out there. Because they chalk it up to, yeah, but he's just, he's lost a little bit of this step and a little bit of this. But like you said, man, it doesn't matter. You're, you're down 20 and you've got LeBron James. You put the ball in his hands and you know that you have a chance to win that game. Um, That'll make magic, man. He is absolutely just, he is him and Anthony Davis right now, AD. It is just Oh man, it's, 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 it, they, they putting on shop right now, man. You need to be sitting down and taking notes right now because they are, they got it. They got it in LA right now. Yeah. And I was watching that game yesterday. Uh, you know, I was watching it right before the Pats game and uh, during halftime I was able to switch it, switch it back on and it's unbelievable what he's doing, but more than anything, like I was having this debate with a buddy of mine. I was asking him like, you know, he's a avid, you know, LeBron James fan. And I was telling him, like, who would you have rather have, you know, to have LeBron's back, Kyrie or Anthony Davis? Quickly said Anthony Davis. And obviously, for obvious reasons, I mean, I, I know Kyrie was more of a sniper. But, you know, Anthony Davis is this grown-up, mature player, complete defense. He doesn't have a huge ego in the sense where, you know, if he has to play in the fourth or the fifth position in, 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 uh, for his team, uh, you know, he's, he's willing to do whatever it takes. And... Obviously, last night, I don't know if you were able to catch that nasty buzzer beater, but it, it was yep. disgusting, man. And it was clean, too, man. It was – and when I saw Jokic try to block that, that's as clean as it, as it gets, man, and, and yeah. or as good as you can defend. And Anthony Davis just drilled that. It was magnificent. You know, I have the Lakers now, obviously, you know, winning. I don't think there's anything in – Boston or, or Miami to be able to stop them. And it, it'll be – and it's great. I think it's, it's a great story. For LeBron, you know, who's a guy that's been doubted his entire career. Oh, you know, you're playing in the East. It's easier. You can't do that in the West. And, you know, you is the number one seed and is en route to win, you know, not Kawhi, but LeBron James is en route to win his third NBA title for the third, yeah. you know, different team. Um, not their third NBA title, but I'm just, oh, I believe but, it was. But, the but, third, but, but, but third, different but, but it, team. Yeah. yeah, different team. That's a, that's unbelievable. That really is. Yeah. Um, and it, it, yeah. It, and it's incredible to watch. I mean, is there someone better than that, man? Do you have anyone else uh, being able to upset the Lakers? You know, I don't, of 
of course, being a Boston, you know, fan and uh, my family living up there, you know, I want to see the Celtics make it. Um, I see the Lakers walking away with this one. Uh, clearly, I see them right now sweeping uh, the Nuggets. I, I, I've got this one a sweep. Um, a lot of people thought the Celtics were going to be swept. Luckily, they took um, back a game the other night. Yeah. Uh, I do think that, um, you know, the Heat's got a great team, but – I'll tell you, man, I really want to see a Lakers and Celtics finals, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I feel like every year, and this just relates back to our team, the Pats, so much, um, every year that the Sox are in, you know, uh, the World Series, the Bruins are in the Stanley Cup, the Celtics are in the finals, um, that pumps up our own players on the patch. It pumps the fans up. It pumps the city of Boston up. And I feel like having that vibe happening right now, because we've never gotten to have an NBA championship or NBA finals going on while football season's going on. It's almost never. like this is going to be unbelievable. Getting to watch, getting to watch finals all week long and then getting to watch the Pats on Sunday. That's going to be so great. And I'm telling you, Celtics make the finals. They're out there nailing a couple, you know, game winners, maybe taking home two wins out of those finals. Uh, Lakers still winning. I just think that boosts up the whole Boston vibe and hopefully adds to some of the swag on field for our players as well. You know, Edelman, huge Edelman, you know, always supporting the Celtics every year, you know, loves them. Um, sure, Cam would love to see that. Be like, damn, our our NBA team in the finals. Should I want to get our team to the finals? You know, exactly. Like, yeah. You know, I think that it will boost up the momentum of the pack. So that is what I have right now. I do have the Celtics winning Game Seven against the Heat, and um, I have it being Lakers and Celtics. But I have um, the Lakers taking it in um, six. Awesome. Well, I, you know, I've always picked uh, Boston to be able to make it to, uh, to the finals. I'm a little nervous, but I'm not freaking out yet. I still feel mm-hmm. like Boston's able to find a way to be able to win four straight and be able to, you know, just to seal it in six games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd love to see Lakers versus Boston. I think it'd be a very fun and a very entertaining series. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I mean, both teams, you know, whether it's Miami or Boston, they have dogs there. They have animals there, and you know J- Jimmy, you know Butler is fantastic. So it's uh, you know it's great to see him because a lot of people were doubting Miami. So it's been incredible mm-hmm. to watch. But now uh, just uh, moving on uh, to the to our final topic, um, you, you did say earlier on the show that you know you hate the Cowboys. <laughs> so I, I love that. I love that. You know I uh, I'm not a huge fan of of them. You know in my uh, hometown, you know believe it or not, I'll I'll, I'll let you in on this. So in my hometown. Um, there's this uh, neighborhood area. It's called the uh, Southmost. Mm-hmm. And man, every time the Cowboys win, they do this thing uh, in that neighbor, in that uh, area neighborhood that's called uh, La Pitada, which means like the honk. Uh-huh. So all these cars, man, after Cowboys, like uh, Cowboys win, they'll like go all, like they'll all line up through the streets, man. And they're honking, man. Just honking their horn. Oh yeah, man, that happens honking. here. That, oh, they're that just honking, here. man. Yeah. Oh, after a cowboy win, if you ever go down military, yeah, uh, that is the exact thing that happens here, and it's annoying. <laughs> yeah, and well, all these people are posting up with their cowboy flags, and I mean, oh, because because of COVID, obviously, their people aren't like drinking on the streets and stuff like that. But I mean, it's home, you know, it's home. Like you know, it's one of those funny things that you see that happens. But obviously, yesterday they were all, you know, happy. They were happy about you know that Cowboys victory against the Falcons, and to me, it didn't prove anything. 
I've always said that Dak Prescott's a fourth rounder that plays like a fourth rounder. And man, I had a lot of people dropping in on my DMs, uh, letting me know what they thought. But to me, this situation to me was more like a, okay, well, you know, they were down like 19 points and they, it took a crazy comeback and it was a crazy comeback. It was a hell of a comeback, you know, for them to be able to come back and win. But my reaction was, you know, you were waiting for that field goal to like go through to be able to message me that Dak Prescott's amazing. And if that wouldn't have, wouldn't have come through, you would have told me that you would have just stayed silent, you know? And uh, I thought they were going to beat the Falcons. It wasn't impressive because of the fact that they beat a team that they should have beaten. They shouldn't have been down 19 points to, to begin yeah. with. Mm-hmm. And they're a little sporadic. I don't think Dak Prescott's worth that kind of crazy money. I think he's had, he's had a good life in the NFL, you know, a top eight running game, a top, I'm sorry, a top eight uh, offensive line, a top three running game. And he's solid receivers, man. You know, a top five receiving core without a doubt. What do you make of Dak Prescott? Would you pay him? Would you give him the kind of money that he wants? Or do you agree with me in the sets where, you know, I think he needs the situations to be perfect for him to succeed. The biggest knock on deck has been the fact that plays well against the bad teams and plays bad against the good teams. Yeah. What's your take on all this situation? Yeah, I think it's exactly that. Uh, plays bad against the good teams, plays phenomenal against the bad teams. Um, I, I think I said that right right now. Yeah. But um, no, I wouldn't pay Dak Prescott. I wouldn't pay him what he's asking. I think that it's, um, I think it's, it's, it's unfair of him to ask for that without giving Cowboys fans an NFC championship win. That is what it is. And I'll, I'll win. break it. A, a win. A not win. an appearance. I'm talking, not an appearance. I'm talking about, talking a, about a Super Bowl trip. I'm talking about a Super Bowl trip. The Cowboys cannot sit here for 30 years, which it's going to be in no time, and yeah. still not even have an NFC championship. Not even have that banner get to drop from their damn stadium. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, it's really sad. And, and like you said, uh, my hate so much isn't towards the Cowboys as much as it is towards the fans, which it sounds like it is with you, because yeah. it's the same thing every year. Oh, Dak Prescott, Dak's going to ball out. Back then, oh, Tony Romo going to ball out. Des Bryant going to kill it. We're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to every Des year. Des caught it. And every year, it's an 8-8 eight and eight season, a 7-9, and nine, a 9-7, and seven, a wild card appearance, a wild card loss, a first round loss. That's the furthest they've gotten. So when you're a quarterback that's sitting there with an Ezekiel Elliott, who is arguably now the best running back in the league with the loss of Saquon Barkley, um, when you're sitting there with an Amari Cooper, who did such an amazing job with such a bad Raiders team, uh, and Derek Carr, um, and you're saying, you're trying to say that you are better than Derek Carr, that's truly what you're trying to say, then we need to see those connections with Amari Cooper. Um, uh, we need to see better, I think, from him, um, decision-making. Uh, I think sometimes it's very poor decision-making on, on his half. I know a big part of it was Jason Garrett. Uh, a, a big part was Jason Garrett. When I talked with you earlier about Tony Romo and just my grief with him that he couldn't get the job done, but yet was able to keep his job. And so many people that know the Cowboys know that the reason he was able to keep his job for so long is because of his personal relationship with Jerry Jones. Uh, And what I never like about that, Jose, is I was never one of those studs in football, right? But I was a grinder. I worked my ass off. But you know what you hate as a player? When you hate when you see that other kids that are not better than you, maybe just as good, but they have that personal relationship with the coach, and that's why they're starting and you're not because you don't kiss ass, but they do. 
Tony Romo's an ass kisser. That's why he stayed the starting quarterback for the damn Dallas Cowboys for so long. Jason Garrett is an ass kisser. That's why he remained the head coach after so many 500 seasons. What other head coaches keep their job that long? No, I agree with I mean, you. I mean, who? It's insane. It's, and it's, it's, it's unprecedented, and no one does. Did, did you, you know hear the story, I mean? though? He's, he said, no, I'm not going to be, not be fired when I guess Jerry was, like, relieving him of his duties. Uh-huh. It was a long time coming, man. <laughs> it, it was a long time coming, and uh, Mike McCarthy doesn't seem to be uh, doing it a lot any better when it comes to as far as, like, the coaching, you know? Went for it on fourth down uh, last week in an obvious, uh, you know, you kick the field goal situation. Goes for two fake punts uh, throughout the game that, you know, just fail on him. And the team falls, you know, behind. And it's more of, you know, the Jason Garrett. It's more of the things that got him fired in Green Bay. And it's it's incredible. It's incredible to me. I mean, I, it shouldn't be incredible because, you know, obviously, you know, fans, fanatics, you know, the fan base and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But when people are lying to themselves and saying, you know, Dak's our guy, Dak's the best, or you don't know what you're talking about. You're just a cowboy mm-hmm. hater when it comes to that. I'm like, listen, if they thought, if his team thought he was that good or truly believed in him, they would have paid him already. Yep. Without a doubt. They yep. would have paid him. Yeah. And people say, well, the Cowboys messed up. You know, they see the Deshaun contract. They see the Patrick Mahomes contract. And I'm like, uh, no. Yeah. They, they didn't mess up. Uh, you know, you think, I, and I tell people, you think he's worth that kind of money, man? Yeah, the thing, the thing to me, Jose, that gets me big time is that I haven't heard once in Dak Prescott, I don't know when he started in the league. Was it 2016? He's, this 2015? Is a, uh, this is his fifth year. This is fifth, fifth year. Okay, so 2015. Um, I haven't heard once him being a true MVP conversation. Haven't heard it. Deshaun Watson got paid because that season that Deshaun Watson hurt his leg yeah. was going to be the clear MVP of the season. It yeah, I was mean, he was clear. tearing things up. It, it just was undeniable. We most likely have our, our MVP by week eight or week seven. And he had such an unfortunate injury. I just haven't seen that true Dak Prescott conversation for the MVP. Um, and that's why he's not a top five quarterback. Uh, exactly. You know, um, and you're right, Cowboys fans. And it's so funny because I don't know what it is about. I, I just don't know what it is. If Cam Newton didn't do good this year, I'm not going to say – if Cam Newton gives us a 7-9 season, you're not going to hear me next year like, Cam's our guy. Cam's our guy. That's yeah. my guy. I'm going to kind of be thinking, yo, man, I, man, and like I said, we had a couple pieces missing here and there, a couple opt-outs, this and that. But I don't know. We might be needing to look to something else. And I just think that's where Cowboys fans are so delusional, man. I don't know what it is. They've got a guy and that they just want to completely commit week one of, of a rookie. Um, uh, I think that they've got to move on from Dak Prescott. And unfortunately, I, I think that it's got to be soon if they really want to be in an AFC or NFC championship um, Super Bowl uh, conversation. I agree with you 100% about that. We, we're on that same level. Uh, you know, I, I, again, I don't get it. I don't see what people, what people see. I mean, the NFL is such a it's – such, it's, it's such a complicated league where, you know, you mm-hmm. take wins like that. I mean, it's great. You celebrate them. But, again – Atlanta hasn't really been relevant since the whole 28 to three incident. Yeah. And, and, they, really and, they, and no, and, and they did it again last, last yesterday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they did so, it uh, again yesterday. So it was a good reminder on that. So, 
Again, uh, so uh, that's all the time we have uh, for today. Uh, I want to go ahead and thank uh, my guest, Corey Mack, for today. Corey, is there something else uh, you want to say? What time is your show? Friday nights, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday nights. Um, anyone that wants to tune in, like I said, just have a good time. Grab yourself a drink. Sit back. I always have a new guest on every week. I try to do something different where, like you said, I speak with Fourth and Gold Apparel and talk about his uh, brand. Um, I've had uh, uh, hip-hop artists on the show before. I've had other radio personalities, uh, like I had last week on the show, um, DJs, bodybuilders, um, fitness People, I'm just trying to give people a little uh, taste of something different and bring a really cool vibe to it. Catch up with Mac every Friday night at 7 o'clock Central Time. And y'all can tune in on my Instagram. It's Instagram Live, uh, at the real Corey Mac. I guess to finish it off, man, I will say that if anyone is wondering, I like I said, I'm fully behind Cam Newton at this time. I think that he is bringing a really positive attitude from the the rumors that we heard in carolina sometimes you don't know what's true what's not what's fabricated what's uh what's um uh what's boasted a little bit more than it should be but i think that he's really coming here with a great attitude and i think he's really ready to prove himself and prove himself with a fan base that demands so much from their team um, I, I think that he's got his mind right and he's ready to reestablish himself as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We could possibly see it this year. So um, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping for the best, man. I'm hoping for the best. Well, if that happens and uh, the Patriots finish off with a winning season, I will gladly come on the show and I will say that I was wrong. I will eat crow <laughs> on that. That's for sure. Thanks once again, uh, Corey. I appreciate the time, man. Good talking to you. Love it. Uh, just uh, so y'all know that I'm actually going to have uh, Corey's uh, Instagram page linked in the bio at Critical Condition Sports on Instagram as well. So you can go ahead and find that. It'll also be linked in the description of this episode. Once again, thank you, Corey. We, I appreciate the time. Everyone, I'll catch you later, guys. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you.